We've got you and your money. Joining me today, Jim Zahansky, Principal Managing Partner and Chief Goal Strategist at Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors. Welcome back, Jim, and happy 2023. Happy New Year, Wayne. Nice to hear your voice. Well, today we're going to be discussing a unique way for business owners and executives to retain employees in this competitive labor market, programs that support employee financial wellness. But as we always do, Jim, let's start things off by updating what's going on now in the financial markets. Uh, well, it's obviously been a busy uh, last year as 2022 has now ended. We, we have to probably start 2023 by reckoning what happened in 2022. Uh, both the stock and the bond markets in 2022 were clearly down around the world. Um, and, you know, this, this was due to things like uh, challenges uh, that, that relate to pandemic shutdowns, uh, both in, uh, you know, mostly in China, but uh, throughout the world, the war in Ukraine, and obviously the, the inflation that we're battling with um, monetary policy by raising interest rates. And inflation hit a 40-year high in 2022. So sort of what do we look at as we get into 2023? Uh, and the things our investment committee is considering especially for markets, it's, it's actually some of the same themes. Um, you know, clearly the monetary policy side that's battling inflation is considering that we're going to increase interest rates a, a bit more. We're going to have to watch that really closely because that is a key driver of how the equity or stock markets do in 2023. Um, and so we expect sort of continued volatility in the equity markets in the short term. Um, but our outlook for the coming year is, uh, is cautiously positive. You know, we believe that economic growth is likely to resume uh, and interest rates should stabilize once inflation is capped. And so certainly with uh, equity market valuations, meaning, you know, how are companies priced on the stock market? Well, they're at the lower end and we start the year in the S&P 500 with a forward P.E. ratio or meaning earnings ratio uh, ver price versus their earnings ratio at 17.6. That's about 10 points lower than it was when we started 2022. So we're clearly buying into markets at much lower prices. And there's also some sunshine to the interest rates that have increased as they've given the bond market yields we haven't seen in quite a while. So, um, you know, 2022 is a bad year for bonds. Uh, with interest rates increasing, though, we have seen yields increase, which means, you know, there's some positive uh, pockets of success potentially in the bond markets and in the treasury markets with higher yields um, that are giving investors some, some things to think about. So, so am I connecting the dots here and saying that in 2023, maybe investing in bonds might be a good idea? Well, I mean, clearly it depends on your, your overall objective and sort of your risk tolerance overall. Um, but you know, for our, our investors, um, we do include bonds in overall portfolio construction. And, uh, you know, we've, we've managed bonds pretty actively throughout the past uh, few years trying to garner yields. And, and you know, and that's what's happened uh, as interest rates have gone up. So we clearly are including what we call fixed income sleeves in our portfolios. And so it might be right for some investors for sure, Wayne. 
And you also touched on the pandemic, Jim, and the positivity rate in Connecticut is as high now as it's been since January 18th of last year. Hospitalizations are going crazy. It'd be nice to put this thing in the rearview mirror, but we can't do it. It took a big hit on the economy the last couple of years, and I think that might concern investors, too, that it might take a hit in 2023. Yeah, it's always, you know, obviously the health of of uh, the population is always um, of concern because we need consumers spending money. We need uh, people who are workers, you know, helping to make the supply chain happen. And, you know, as people get sick or, or you know, can't go to work, um, clearly those, those interruptions uh, could hurt the outlook. I'd say the only, you know, you know what we're seeing. I think this, while the positivity rate is significant, I don't know if the severity rate, uh, you know, in terms of overall symptomatology, at least from the data I've seen, is as strong as it was in, in 2021 or 2022. So that's that may be a possible good sign. Wow, symptomology. That's the first time I've heard that word, Jim. Nice job. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the market recap. And let's just get a little tease of what our primary topic is for this month's program about retaining top employees. How can business owners and executives increase employee retention through financial wellness? Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is a major topic, Wayne, for companies because, you know, as I was reporting and as it relates to the overall market, you know, success and, and where we are with markets, um, part of the strength of the economy in 2022 was certainly employment, uh, as we're at some of the lower uh, employment uh, unemployment rates, you know, in, in history and certainly since the pandemic. Um, so most people are working. It's a very tight labor market. Most people are earning more money as wages have increased. And so, you know, one of the key components of retaining employees is giving them wellness programs, um, which we'll talk quite a bit about today. But the idea here is, you know, if you can retain employees, you're not having to go recruit new ones. And um, so how are, how do we create a wellness scenario for them in relation to overall financial health, mental health, uh, physical health? And this is the concept of financial wellness as well as overall wellness that companies are considering and should consider in order to retain employees during this very tight labor market. So, Jim, how do you define financial wellness? Well, from our perspective, uh, considering, you know, what, what we consider our value proposition to be financial planning, investment management, and then living well, we really see that the, the idea of financial wellness is to have the ability and the resources to maximize how people, employees, your listeners are using their money uh, to live well in the short term and achieve their long-term financial goals uh, in life. And so, you know, there are several ways business owners who might be listening to this this show uh, and executives can help provide employees uh, with these resources. And that's what we'll really talk about today. One of them, at least from our perspective, is, is financial counseling. Um, these could be, you know, hosting workshops on, on home buying, loan consolidation, uh, car buying, other major sort of relevant, bigger financial issues, uh, just to help employees deal with how are you managing this and what options are there? How do you consider debt in those? And this sort of financial counseling um, is really a useful topic for all employees as they consider big purchases. 
I think this topic is of interest, too, in a sense that I think a lot of people, when they hear our financial programs we do once a month with the folks from Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky, is they think of individuals or couples going in to make their short- and long-term goals. And they might not think about the fact that that also can apply to businesses and bosses and things like that, trying to take care of their employees. But that's what this is about, isn't it? Well, it is because, um, I mean, in the end, you know, all of us who, who are employed spend a lot of time at the places we work at. And you have choices. And so, uh, as I was saying before, in a tight labor market, most companies are considering how do we retain our good employees? How do we take care of them, give them the right programs? And these have traditionally been things like, you know, retirement savings and paid time off and, you know, uh, other fringe benefits like medical, um, medical benefits. And, and now, you know, it also has to consider um, wellness. And, and part of that is financial wellness. Some of it is, is uh, overall mental wellness, physical wellness. And so, you know, from the financial side, um, you know, it's, it, you have to consider things like health care, retirement savings plans, and, and how do people, um, their employees in particular, how do you leverage these great resources that are being provided by the company for their own personal benefit so that they can meet their short-term needs and grow their long-term, uh, you know, net worth to, to meet their future goals. What about tying in that sort of counseling with the health care and retirement savings plans that businesses offer. Is there a way to lessen the burden of those costs? Yeah, I mean, so undoubtedly, right? I mean, the biggest the thing we hear from our clients, uh, you know, as you're thinking about staying employed or retiring, is the cost of health care. And obviously, Medicare eligibility isn't until the age of 65. So, you know, uh, it's a big topic in retirement planning. But it's also a big topic when you're not even considering retiring, right? I mean, health care is an essential component of how people live their lives in the U.S., and, and the access to health care is critical. Um, and so this counseling, you know, if you're providing health care benefits, um, just make sure that the people who are working for you know how to use the plan. You know, how do they get on the web portal if that's available to see, you know, their particular, uh, you know, plan? Um, and is there a smartphone app that can track deductibles, claims, and costs for the employees? So all of these resources just really need to be explained, including health care. Um, and, and, you know, and, and as well, you know, when you think about retirement savings plans, um, there, of course, are 401ks and 403bs, depending on what sort of organization you are, that, that can be offered. There could be other uh, plans like simple IRAs or SEP IRAs. And so all of these considerations um, have to have some component of education for employees so they can understand how much they can afford to set aside for future need in these retirement plans, but also how much money they should have available now for things like medical emergencies or some emergency fund. Um, and, you know, them figuring out how they do both is a critical component of achieving future financial goals. And I know some people that are either at or approaching retirement age who have decided not to retire. And one reason why is because their health benefits are good and they don't want to lose those health benefits. So they keep on working. Have you heard about those type people? A absolutely. I mean, as I said, you know, if you're, if you're, not yet 65, and so, you know, Medicare eligibility starts then under, under current laws, um, it can be really expensive and a deterrent to anyone's financial plan to sort of have to start paying out-of-pocket 100% for that, you know, for that health care 
that you need as you're in your 60s. And so once you reach the age of 65 and have some Medicare eligibility, um, you know, depending on sort of how you're employed and how much you're paying for it, the Medicare plans are generally pretty good, uh, but you may, you know, you may be in a situation where y- you have private insurance through your employer and it's not costing you anything. Well, in that case, you probably want to and may want to keep working. Um, and we're seeing that trend generally, Wayne. So, you know, certainly medical benefits have to be considered in any retirement income planning we do for clients. Uh, but in addition, I think the trend is to see, you know, retirees continue to work not just for benefits, but also for this idea of sort of mental wellness and engagement. Um, and they may not work as much as they were, but they tend to sort of stay in the workforce a bit longer uh, doing something that they might want to do that keeps them active and happy. Jim, what about resources for retirement accounts? Yeah, well, same thing here. I mean, this sort of gets at the financial wellness, um, and you have to really sort of consider the um, – the, the concept of what, in fact, you're saving for, right? So managing the short-term needs, as I talked about, is critical, having some emergency funds. But if you don't save for the future around 401Ks and 403Bs, um, you know, this is, this is a real challenge for people. So, you know, employees um, who are looking for how do you do this, employers can offer workshops. They can partner with their 401k provider to offer these workshops. And so, again, you just want to make sure that your employees have the tools and resources to leverage all the programs you're offering them so that it can lead to better financial wellness and overall wellness for them. All right, so we talked about programs to help employees make the most out of the money they have, but what about debt? Obviously a very big stressor for a lot of people. How can employers help ease that burden for their team? Well, I mean, there's been a really big change here uh, uh, that, that's really just happening. Um, so, you know, late in 2022, Congress passed the SECURE 2.0 Act. And this is just, this is sort of, uh, this was part of the $1.7 trillion spending package Congress passed in, in the last weeks of, of December. But really, this is a major change to, you know, how Americans can save for retirement. Part of this, you know, because, as you know, um, you know, 8 in 10 people who have graduated from college, uh, these student loan borrow- borrowers, you know, are carrying debt well into their 30s from, 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 from college. And so um, these, these people who are burdened with the student loan debt really are struggling with, can I save for retirement or pay down my student loan? Well, part of the Secure Point 2.0 Act uh, basically brings, in our opinion, sort of a new era in wellness because um, as the employees, so employers can now adopt and look at this legislation and talk to their uh, 401k plan providers because student loan um, it's basically what's called the student loan retirement match program that employers can offer. So in essence, at a very high level, in this case, the employees who have this student loan debt can essentially continue to pay down their student loan debt to the student loan provider and be matched by the employee, uh, the employer for how much they're paying um, to the, to pay down the student loan debt and all the employer has to do is make that match into the retirement 401k program. So in essence, the employee pays down the student loan debt, and the employer 
matches that student loan debt in their retirement savings so that in theory that employee is not missing out or having to choose between paying student loan debt and saving for future retirement. So this is a really, really big uh, change that's just coming off the presses in, in late December. Um, so I would encourage any employer who's listening to this who wants to retain employees, who has a bunch of employees with student loan debt, uh, they should really consider looking at this student loan retirement match program. Sounds like a winning strategy for everybody, and I'm really happy to have you talking about that because it's almost like ripped from today's headlines. Is there anything else business leaders can do? Well, I think I think we're all, you know, through the pandemic, um, anyone who's running a business, who's leading a business, an executive who may be listening today, um, you know, overall encouragement of wellness to any team can be important. Um, you know, mental wellness has come out significantly during the pandemic. Um, you, you know, clearly it's been going on for a while. How do we keep people um, mentally strong, physically fit, and uh, financially well? All of those really bring out uh, overall employee wellness. So things like, you know, are you encouraging physical fitness? Are you encouraging the ability for people to take walks during the day or join a gym? Or if you have a gym in your office, um, you know, are they encouraged to take care of the, uh, you know, themselves? And have you thought about that as a way to consider supporting their overall physical and mental wellness in addition to all these financial wellness topics we've talked about today, like, you know, understanding benefits in health care and retirement planning and student loan um, retirement matching programs. So all of these things combined, really, I would encourage any business leaders and, and employers who are listening to sort of make sure that they're packaging all of these things well together for their employees to retain them. Uh, as we all look for the best employees, these are programs uh, that can, can really help. And, you know, for us as our company, you know, we manage certainly in the 401k space uh, a significant number of retirement plans. We advise owners of businesses on these retirement plans. Um, and we also advise them to consider all of these wellness programs to retain the best employees in their company so that they don't always have to be recruiting for new employees. All right. I think I can do this, Jim. But full disclosure here, when it comes to your retirement package, what do you have yours in? By that, I mean 401ks or things like that. I, I don't need to know specifics, but I just thought it'd be interesting to know what the financial advisor guy thinks is the right thing to be in. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of, there's a lot of dependencies here in terms of like overall income. And, and uh, I mean, generally from an overall you know, investment, you have to consider your own risk tolerance, right? So when you're, when you're investing in your retirement platform, you first have to consider how much you can, you can save into it. And, uh, you know, I try to save as much as I can knowing that I'm saving in pre-tax dollars into it. So I would encourage listeners to try to do the same without sort of not being able to pay their bills monthly. Um, but, you know, doing that and then, and then for me, you know, um, as I'm in my, my uh, late 40s, you know, I'm sort of thinking about I, I'm, my risk tolerance is I can take some. Um, and so, you know, I'm willing to do that in my portfolio. For those that might not be as risk uh, you know, savvy and might be more risk averse, you sort of have to tailor the exposure of your risk to your own tolerance and when you want to achieve the goals that you're considering. And so, you know, each person on that wane is differently. And, and for me, uh, what might be good for me may not be good for you. But hopefully that gives you a sense to your question. It is. It certainly does. You know, we talked earlier about the effect of the pandemic on the economy and on the markets. 
And I think one thing that's sort of the elephant in the room right now, now that we're in January, is that Eversource is going to really, really spike its rates. And that's going to affect a lot of people's budget and maybe their ability to invest, or maybe they're going to have to wind up going to their savings. Uh, it's, it, it's, I think it's going to be a big deal. You're just your thoughts about the impact on higher energy costs? Yeah, I mean, clearly, if you if you couple the higher potential energy costs with the higher food costs, and you know, although gas prices have moderated, um, you know, higher heating costs and propane and overall gas, I mean, people have really been feeling this inflation that I was talking about at the outset. Um, and while we do expect that to sort of moderate over the next year, it doesn't mean that it happens tomorrow. And so, to your point. Uh, you know, while people are generally making more than they were a year ago, uh, for the most part, if you look at the statistics, it may or may not be enough to cover all of this inflation, right? So, um, you know, if you think of annual inflation being around 7%, you know, if you didn't get a 7% raise, you may not have uh, kept up with, with, with inflation. And so, to your point, you may not have as much free cash flow to be investing in retirement programs. And so you really have to consider... Uh, right now, your household budget. And, you know, as, it's a great time to do that as you start the new year. And it's a, it ties in nicely to this overall financial wellness piece, which is, you know, if you're making $1,000 a month and now uh, with Eversource going up and all the food sort of, you know, going up uh, and gas prices going up, say, you know, you, you can, uh, you're spending 800 of that 1000 Well, you know, maybe you were spending 700 a year ago. And so you have less to save overall. So that's certainly a consideration. And for all the listeners, be sure you're thinking that way so you don't incur too much debt as expenses go up. And lastly, Jim, I got this email a couple months ago, and I've been asking each one of the advisors from Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky this. Listener said, I really enjoy these monthly talks about investments and long-term planning with Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky. It makes me feel like I can control my destiny. Many folks have different pots of post-retirement income, for example, Social Security, which can be pushed off to 70, which increases the monthly check, two, pre-tax IRAs and 401ks. And three, after-tax Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks. Can you talk about which of those pots should be tapped first? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. And at the heart of any good financial plan is really the retirement income plan. And that's, that gets at the question. Um, and and I, would, I would also, without, you know, this is sort of gets at how, how you would tailor an income plan, right? Because if, if the person who wrote that question, say, has, you know, assets that, Say, say they have two to three million in total assets that they're passing along to. They want to have a legacy goal and pass it along to family. Um, you probably wouldn't touch the Roth IRA first because you, it's a great tool to pass on to legacy. However, um, if you don't have that much in, in sort of a nest egg or, or a comfortable amount you want to pass along, and um, you know you have a Roth IRA, it is one of the more tax friendly to utilize, um, you know, in, it, because you're basically not taking it out, um, uh, you know, as, as earned income. So, I mean, the Roth is a great tool to tap into, um, you know, for, from to save on taxes in the near term. However, it's also a great legacy tool to be passing along to people. So I would say the income plan needs to consider all of the streams of income that and uh, in addition, how much tax efficiency you want to create year on year so that you're not taking additional income to go into the next tax bracket um, so to take on more tax liability in that given year. 
So I would answer it by saying, if that person who, who asked the question isn't having that discussion with their financial advisor on a, and their tax planner on a year-on-year basis to understand what levels of income they want to stay into on the federal level, um, you know, they should be. And therefore, once you understand that tax implication you want to take on annually, you can then align the sources of income to get there. Um, and that should also fit your long-term plan and what you want to do with your money when you're not here. Really good information, Jim. Thanks for sharing all your tips today, and hopefully it'll help both businesses, owners, and employers live better in the new year. And thanks, as always, for talking to us today. Thank you, Wayne. Happy New Year to everyone. That would be Jim Zahansky talking about wanting to retain employees, empower them to financial wellness. Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors offer securities and advisory services through Commonwealth Financial Network, member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor, Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. They practice at 697 Pomfret Street, Pomfret Center, 06259, and their phone number is 860-928-2341. Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors do not provide legal or tax advice. The tenured financial services team strives to support clients in achieving their financial life goals. For more information regarding wealth management and customized financial planning with Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors, please visit whzwealth.com. 14 WILI Willimannic and 95.3 FM.